Well, hello, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me again. My name is Paul. Uh, you're listening to the Unbroken Ground podcast. Um, thank you for listening for the first time or for the f- 16th or 17th time. This is actually episode 13, so lucky number 13. Um, it also marks the end of uh, another month. Uh, this will be the last episode in March. Uh, the next one will be in April. Uh, so that means that uh, January, February, March, well, half of January, I've been doing this. Uh, and so it's been been a lot of fun. Hope that uh, you guys have been uh, finding encouragement. That's why I... Uh, that's why I started started just saying hello, fellow travelers, because I feel like uh, we're all on a journey to to find Jesus, to be closer to Jesus, to be more like Jesus. Um, and I hope that this podcast is one of those things that helps you uh, do that. And uh, I hope that it it comes across as the that I'm following the same road. I'm trying to walk the same path, trying to to get closer to Jesus. And and uh, this is just my offering of encouragement to you. Um, we are. Uh, a couple of things will be going on in the next couple of weeks. We'll have another episode with Jim um, coming up uh, sometime around the 1st of April. So that'll be here in the next couple of weeks. So excited about that. Um, and also you can check out if you uh, need more encouragement or want to uh, not just listen to the things I say, but read some of the things I say. You can also go over to patheos.com and go to uh, you can search for Unbroken Ground. Uh, that's where I've been blogging at. I've got, I think, 13 or 14 blogs up there. Um, and uh, you, there's several topics that you'll find me under. Uh, I, I'm predominantly under the evangelical um, topics, but you can find me in, in several different places. Um, so that's another great place to, uh, to uh, get some more encouragement. Uh, Lately, I've been writing about books to read and and uh, music to listen to. But before that, I did a, a, a kind of a mini series on hope, and then before that, it was a, a, a just a kind of an explanation of like creativity and community and why I do what I do. Um, so yeah, you can find that at patheos.com. Um, if you uh, you follow the Facebook page, uh, Facebook. F- forward slash the unbroken ground uh you'll also find links there uh if you if you go to i've been putting some uh updates and stories on instagram as well um so if you if you follow that um that's another great place uh to to uh, find information at again if you have any um questions comments you can always email the unbroken ground at gmail.com that's the unbroken ground at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on our facebook page or send a message there or as always you can reach out through Instagram as well. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what's going on. This is episode 13. It's going to be called Mustard Cakes. Uh, I'm not going to give away why that is, um, but uh, it'll become clear soon. And uh, thank you for listening. And here we go. So I'm going to be reading for, from Luke chapter 13, verses 18 and following. Uh, it's two parables. One is about the mustard seed, and one is about the parable of the yeast. Um, so if you um, caught on to, maybe if you listened earlier and you heard the uh, the title as Mustard Cakes, um, then you'll kind of see, hopefully, maybe not clearly, but see kind of where I'm headed with that. But here we go, Luke 13, uh, starting verse 18, reading the New Living Translation, says this. Then Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, What is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. 
As I was just reading uh, through the Gospel of Luke and just thinking about um, what I wanted to speak on and, and uh, just kind of continue from, from last week. Uh, so if you haven't listened to last week, you might want to jump back on that. I don't know. Maybe it, it's, it's not as important. But um, yeah, from last week when I was just, t- just talking about my personal journey, um, kind of walking through um, what it means to pray. Um, what it means, what it means to to be in relationship with Jesus, and how uh, so much of that is is just um, just being, uh, just being uh, intentional, just being uh, de- desiring it. Um, not to rehash the whole last podcast, but but to be like that annoying neighbor that knows that I've that that this is the only place I can go for the things that I need. Um, and so as I was continuing and, and that desperation that we have for God, and so as I was continuing, just thinking about what am I going to talk about? What is God, God speaking to me about? Um, I stumbled upon these two parables and um, it, it, just, it just really spoke to me because I think that um, one of the connections we make in, in our spiritual life is that um, one of the reasons we pray is because we, we want things. We, we ask for things. We, um, we're, we're expecting God to, to move um, either in us or in the world or to change circumstances. Like um, We pray, we ask because we feel like those are the things that we need or we want. Um, and there is... Um, you know, there's a lot to unpack about how God answers prayer. I'm not really going to do that in this podcast, but but um, I think it's important to realize that God does answer prayers, um, but but He's not He's as I as as I've said before, He's not some just magical Santa Claus that you just you just put in your request and whatever you want you get. Um, now there's a there's a, a a premise that if you are living your life so hidden in Jesus that you are so fully in who Jesus is, then you uh, when you ask for things you're asking for the things that God wants, and so when those things line up, then you you begin to see those things happen, and I think. That's kind of like what, what Jesus was experiencing in his life. But I think that it's important to remember that Jesus didn't pray for everything. He didn't heal everybody. Um, his, his cousin, John the Baptist, was in prison. He's in, and John the Baptist sends his, his disciples to ask if Jesus is really the Messiah. Really, and, and we don't know the full impact behind what that question is, what John was asking. But at least a little bit, I think he was saying, Jesus, if you're the Messiah, what when you come in your glory, why am I in prison? And and Jesus says, hey, let them know, let them know that the blind are seeing and, and the hungry are fed and the sick are being healed. And, and, and that was his answer. And, and shortly after John got, he lost his head, he got beheaded and um, died in prison. And I'm sure that 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 was not what Jesus desired. Um, Jesus was a Jesus loved John. Jesus loved people, and I don't think that's what Jesus really wanted. Um, but that was, but that was part of um, what what was going on in God's kingdom, and and things like that are hard to understand. Um, things like that are hard to to um, really explain because you have John the Baptist, who is um, who plays such a key. Uh, part of the story of Jesus. I mean, here he is. He's he's out in the wilderness. He's baptizing people. He's the uh, the voice that cries out in the wilderness, as as the prophecy would say in the Bible. And and then Jesus comes to him, and, and he's like, "I'm not even fit to touch your sandal." And Jesus says, "At this time, you know, you 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 can baptize him." And John baptized Jesus, 
And so if anybody has the favor of God, it's it's got to be John. And yet here he is. He gets caught up in this. Um, he calls out King Herod because he's his Herod is not doing what he's supposed to do in his marital relationships. And um, and so he eventually ends up getting losing his head and, and dying. Um, and and so it's it's just a it's just a reminder that even when God is has has his hand, we can see it clearly as they did on on the life of John. Um, it doesn't mean that it's going to end in some perfect retirement or some easy life. Um, John John knew. I think when he heard what Jesus said, he knew the Messiah had come. But I think he also understood that um, the Messiah's purpose was not. Um, to get him out of jail, to get him out of prison, that was that would have been a like a political revolution. That would have been a jailbreak. Um, could God have done it? Yes, but He didn't. Um, and I think that's that's where we get a little bit confused about things. Or that's when we get to we just don't um, we don't begin to under we we, we kind of lose kind of the story that because we are like well I you know if God is God is for us if God is good this is what Paul says he's like if God is for me who can be against me no weapon form against me can prosper and yet even Paul went through he he listed the things that he went through the beatings the the shipwrecks he was he was uh, in need and 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 you go none of these these add up um and so and until you look at things I think with a kingdom heart and with kingdom eyes. And, and those can only be gained by spending time with Jesus. And, and those can only be gained, those, those are things that we grow and we develop. And so, so Jesus is like, all right, how am I going to explain the kingdom of God? And so he begins with this, this parable. He says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, this tiny little seed that a man plants in the ground. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried to grow a plant from a seed. Um, I have. I love tomatoes. It's one of the things that I love to grow. It's one of the things I love to eat. I'm from the South, so um, in my family, I know that may not explain it all, but in my family, we used to have um, my dad, my mom would would have a backyard. We had a pretty huge, um, some property that we lived out kind of near not not deep country but a little bit outside the city limits and so we had a big garden and so we would grow um tomato plants and 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 other vegetables and other uh, uh things in our garden so that we could we would have those to eat and so it was not unusual for me to have growing up to have um uh tomatoes just sliced up as a side dish so we just slice them up you just put a little salt on them and you just eat them and that was a, that was the way you know it was just it was normal um we, we would have an abundance of them all throughout the summer um and so um i so i've done a little bit of gardening and i think that the uh like the it really just begins to sink in that when you put that seed in that soil um there's there's a lot of faith involved because you can't see what's going on. You have to you have to water it. Um, you have to uh, f- give it food. You have to put it in the place where it can get sunlight. Um, and Jesus, I think, is even talking about this idea, especially um, before they had a lot of irrigation. Um, that it was that a man would plant a seed, and then they would say, "God, I I hope it rains. <laughs> I hope that there's enough rain so we can get these crops." I'm sure there was some, the you know there was some um, 
uh, things similar to irrigations, not, but not to the scale that we have. And so they would rely a lot on just, just the sunlight and the rain from God. They would plant the seed and then they would wait. And they couldn't see what was going on. They couldn't, they couldn't, um, they didn't know if the seed was growing. They did, they, they, they had to have faith that it was, even though they couldn't see it. And, and then one day, um, something pokes up out of the ground, um, a leaf, a stem, uh, the plants growing. And, and, and then with a mustard seed, it's this idea that, that it starts out real small. The man planted a really small seed, but it, but here comes you know, a bush, a tree where, where um, birds can, can rest in its branches. And so we think about, like, what is, what is God saying? Well, what is, why does Jesus say that's like the kingdom of God? And I think very much is in the same way that God works through the little things. The little things. The little, little, parts, the little parts of us that we plant. The little projects that we plant. And we say, God, um, I, I'm planning this. But you are the one that has that needs to grow it. You're the one that's gonna have to multiply that. God, I feel like you're you're leading me in this direction, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna plant my seeds, and then I'm gonna gonna rely on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna have faith, just like the farmer who who had faith because um, he plants seeds and tr- and plant and plants and and trees grow from it. Um, and, and so he, it, that's the way it works. That's, that's how it happens. And, and even if it may look like th- nothing is going on, something happens. And, and so we, the kingdom of God is the same way. I think so many times we, we really desire the big things of God. Um, we really think that if something big happens, then that really changes people's minds. We really think that, that if there is um, the big events with all the people, um, then that's what really changes people's mind. But, but the truth is, if, if you see if you, throughout the Bible, what you see is that the big events don't really change people's minds. And I'll give you two examples. There's a, there's a story um, in the Old Testament about a prophet named Elijah. And um, he, there's a lot of things going on in his story, but he prays for it to not rain, and it doesn't for two years. And then God says, all right, it's time. He gathers all the people of Israel together. He gathers, um, he gathers the, the priests, the people of, of Baal, the people that this false god that the people have been worshiping, and they set up this altar, and he's like, hey, here's the challenge. Whoever can have their God like this altar on fire is the true God. And so he lets the, the priest of Baal go first, and they dance around it, and they do their prayers, and they, they cut themselves. And Elijah, I mean, you can't say that the Bible doesn't have funny stuff in it. Elijah, at this point, <laughs> Elijah starts to mock them. He's like, maybe he's gone on a trip. Maybe Baal's not answering because he's on a trip somewhere. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom. Maybe maybe he just, maybe if you just yelled louder, he could hear you. Of course, Elijah knows that that Bell's not real. He's not going to to hear them, and so they are, they 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 they've exhausted themselves. They've done, they've they've screamed and cried all day long, and nothing happens. And so Elijah says, "Okay, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to go get um, some of the room. It had to be some of the remaining water because I mean we've been in a drop. But he's like, go get two cisterns, go go two two big v- things of water and pour them over the wood. So soak the wood." 
So they do that, and, there's a, and it filled up the trench. There's even like a little moat around this, this, this wood and the sacrifice now. And then he prayed, and, and out of heaven came down fire. And it, and it burnt up the, the, the wood and, and, and the sacrifice. And Elijah was like, all right, kill the prophets of Baal. You guys, you Israelites, you should know who God is. And um, the very next couple hours, um, the queen named Jezebel finds out about this. And so she goes... Well, Elijah, I'm going to kill you now. Um, and Elijah, who, again, um, two, he's just prayed two prayers, one to call down um, fire from heaven and one to bring rain again. Um, he just, he breaks, he loses it, and he runs away. Um, and I think one of the things is, is because with, with all of the expectation, with all of the expectation built into this, they, you just, you, Elijah just wanted to be like, did you not see did you not see what just happened? Did you not see the big display of God's power? How could it not change you? And Jezebel and, and many of the Israelites remained unchanged. I mean, we would think, you know what? If, if, um, if today, if God would just do something like that, like if, if we, just, we just called the, the people of um, Peoria where I live and we just go out to a hillside, we're like, hey, you guys can cry out to, let's not do the killing but part, but you guys can cry out to whatever God you want to bring down fire. Um, and, and, and then we'll pray and, 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 and God brings down bonfires and, and lights up the wood. Everybody just has to believe. But, but it, it just doesn't work that way. It, it seems that the, the bigger things that happen spiritually, the bigger excuses that people are willing to make. To, to explain that it, that it wasn't really what it was. Second story. Jesus tells a story in the, in the, in the New Testament, and he talks about, um, again, this is, it's just a, it's a kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of story here, but he talks about this beggar who goes to heaven and this rich man who dies and goes to hell. Um, and the, um, the guy in hell can look up and see the beggar in heaven and he says to Father Abraham, he's like, just just send the beggar down to you know put a, a drop of water in my tongue, or let me just go back to my brothers as a ghost and tell them they need to get their their life right, um, so that they don't suffer, and because um, they they had treated this beggar really poorly, and 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 so what the so Jesus is telling the story, and he says what 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 Abraham says to the man is. It doesn't matter. Not even if a man comes back from the dead, these people won't believe. Which, of course, <laughs> is a um, very much a reference to what Jesus is about to do. He's about to die on the cross. He's about to suffer. He's about to take on the sin of the world, and then in three days, he's going to come back from the dead. But it doesn't convince everybody. The the um, even in the even in the Bible, it talks about how the priests and the Pharisees, even when it happened, were like, we we have to come up with a competing story, a compelling story. The people who should have believed in God, people who had been worshiping God through all these sacrifices and should have known who the Messiah. Here comes this big thing, and and they just and it doesn't lead to belief. Jesus feeds the 5,000. This is a bonus story. Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then the people are like, yeah, this is really cool because he is, 
He is feeding us. So that's awesome. I like that. I like the free food. But then Jesus is like, hey, let me give you some teaching. Let me give you some hard to understand things. And people just left. The free food wasn't worth following Jesus. Jesus Jesus was both the worst and best marketer in the world because he, he knew who his target market was. And it was the people who would give up everything to follow him. And so... Jesus says this, he says, the kingdom of God is like a woman who bakes a cake, bakes some bread, even though they just have a little bit of yeast. When she sets it aside and puts it in the right condition and waits, that, that yeast spreads throughout all of that flour and it rises. It becomes bigger. It becomes bigger than, than what it could be. I don't know if you guys have ever cooked, um, if you've ever baked bread, but but that's what's ha- that's that's what the yeast does. Is that it? It gets, it starts out really small. And then it just expands. It expands, the bread. It expands. You set it in a bowl. Um, that's bigger than you want it to be big because you know that it's gonna grow and and multiply in size and, but. But you just really set it, you, you set a towel over it and you set it on the kitchen counter and you just let it set there. And the growth happens on its own. Nothing that you do, you just wait. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like these things, like a seed that's planted. And you wait for the time for it. It's, it's growing in the ground and then it comes up and it becomes this huge plant or like yeast that comes throughout this, this flower. It's like mustard, seeds, and yeast in bread. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? I think it's important to realize that we get so caught up in big events. We get so caught up on, and they happen. Um, I, I, I was looking back, talking to some friends the other day, um, and, and I realized... Uh, 90% of my life um, I spent roughly 90% of my life I've spent at least a week of summer camp um, and there are big moments that I point to because I because I was at summer camp I got called to the ministry uh, when I was the summer after my 8th grade year at a summer camp I rededicated my life there um, I um I mean, it just, just, I've taken kids, I've, uh, to summer camp, I've run a summer camp, and, and sometimes we can caught, get caught up in the, oh, what's the next big thing? What's, I just want to see God do something big. Or, or sometimes we think about, like, our testimony. Like, I, um, grew up in a Christian home. I grew up, um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, uh, never, ever have I done, um, drugs or drank any alcohol, uh, to this day. Um, unless you count caffeine, which I'm cutting out of my life, apparently. Um, and I never did any of those things. But I was still a sinner who was saved. But I, but it doesn't mean, you know, we, we hear some people who were like, oh, man, I was in the dark, deep pit. And God pulled me out of that. We're like, oh, that's powerful. And it is. But your testimony, whatever it is, is powerful. Because you were one way and then God changed you. And the difference is God. Because Jesus came into your life. And... And so a lot of times I think we hesitate 
to do anything. We hesitate. We're like, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I don't, you know, I'm afraid to pray the prayer of God. Just send me. Here I am. Send me. Because I don't want to go to Africa because we feel like if, if we if we give ourselves to God, that God's like, oh, he's going to make me a preacher. He's going to make me a missionary. He's going to call me to Africa. I'm going to have to give up everything. And he might. God is, that's what God does. He's, he calls us out. But he also might just say, hey, can you, you just be faithful. I've, I've put you in a place where I need seeds planted, where I need light shown, where I need salt, where I need the good news. Be faithful where you're at and plant the seeds and then wait and watch what the kingdom of God does. I think that so many times we get caught up into how bad the, the world is, how how rough the world is, how harsh the world is, that we forget that and we lose sight of the fact that God is at work, that that there's so much darkness sometimes that we we don't see the light or we see very little of it. But I love what I love what John tells us. He says the darkness cannot overcome the light. Jesus has already overcome the darkness. His light cannot be overcome. He is working. He is moving. And he is calling you to be a part of that. You. He's saying, be faithful. The kingdom of God is, is, is made up of small moments that, that you're faithful in. And one day you look back and go, look what God has done. The small moments, the small moments. If you want to harvest a crop, you got to plant seeds. You you can't you can't just show up and be like I'm ready to harvest. God tells us one great thing is God's like I'm already at work. I'm already moving in people's hearts. The harvest is here. Go. But but if you want to 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 do things for God, God's saying be faithful, plant the seeds, and in time those things will grow. In time, your service, it, it will, it will the, the meaningfulness, whether you see, you know, the big change in people or whether you see big events happen in your life, not the important part because the kingdom of God is moving and, it's, and God uses you. God uses me. He, that's, that's his choice. It's, he's like, yeah, I'm using people. People who will plant those seeds will be faithful in the small things. And, and what you'll see is that as you plant small seeds, God will give you bigger seeds. God will use you in more and more ways. And that's what he wants to do. He has plans for you. He has, he has deeds for you. He's not forgotten about you. But he is saying, hey, start where you're at. Don't wait. Don't wait to be better. Don't wait to be more perfect. Don't wait until you have enough money to, to, to give everything. And, and you know, the widow gave pennies and she was she was blessed for it she was glorified for it we still talk about her in the bible what can you give how can you serve what can you do if nothing else carry the light wherever you go carry hope carry joy carry it with you because that's so countercultural that wherever you work wherever you go to school wherever you live People just don't know what to do with that. God is on, God is moving. I, I, I hear, I get to meet with people and talk with people. I see it in, in the church that I attend. I was, I was having lunch with a pastor friend the other day, and he, he's, he's seeing it. Um, 
he said he's just told this great story about um, uh, uh, one of his uh, members that um, was just praying like how 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 can God use me? And he was just doing his regular job, and uh, and a lady just walked up to him and was like, hey, what makes you different? Like why are you different? And come to find out, the lady had just started seeking God, and she'd been reading the Old Testament, and and which you know, maybe not the best place to start, but she started there, and and she noticed this guy, and she said, "What makes you different?" And he got to tell her about who Jesus was, because he was praying, "God, use me." God is moving, and and I want to be a part of that. And I hope you do too. I want to be a planter of seeds. I want to do the small things. I want to be faithful in the little, because those are the things that, what are are those those are the ways that the kingdom of God works, because the kingdom of God is like little mustard seeds that grow into big things, and it has nothing really to do with me. I planted this. I can plant a seed, but it's God who makes it grow, or or like the kingdom of God is like that yeast, that you put into the to the dough, and then set it aside. And then sometime later, it's, it's done its work. It's, it's freeing to release ourselves to go. I'm not performing. I don't have to, to, to perform or get metrics or, or, or be able to give the statistics to show how good I am at being a follower of Jesus. The fruit we produce, I mean, should be there. We should, you should see fruit being produced if you're a follower. But, but God just says, be faithful. Walk in the Spirit. Live in, live in the way I want you to, and you'll see that fruit. You'll see the small seeds start to, start to develop and push up, and the kingdom of God breaks through in real and tangible ways. And it may lead to some big things, but we have to understand that the big things that happen started as little seeds. It started as small moments. started as faithfulness from faithful believers. So this week, may your prayer be, and my prayer be, God, show me the seeds I can plant. Show me the small moments that make eternal difference. God, show me how I can advance your kingdom in the small ways, the things I can do. And for some of us, maybe it's, it is like, God, show me, I've been doing the small things. God, show me the grand things that you want me to do. Help me dream big. Help me imagine. Help me see what God's kingdom could be like and how I can make that come about, how I can make that happen, how I can partner with you in bringing that out. God, let me see with your eyes. So this week, as you guys think about prayer, as you think about being with Jesus, think about that. Pray about that. Meditate on that. How can I work with God? How can I plant the seeds? How can I be faithful in a little? Or, or even faithful in being a, a dreamer of being someone that's, that's a visionary that sees the grand things, that sees where the kingdom of God is breaking in. How, how can I do that this week? Very specific in the places I'm at. God, show me how I can be your light to this world. How I can plant seeds that, that spring up this kingdom life right where I'm at.